0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Central Youth Podcast. We exist to help students find and follow Jesus. Today, you're listening to a message from our weekly Tuesday night gathering. We pray that it encourages your heart, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Welcome. My name is Michael Corral, and I get the honor and privilege of serving as the youth pastor here at Central Christian Church. And we are heading into a series called Cultures. It's very simple. I I don't have to go into full explanation of what cultures is. You guys understand it, right? There's different cultures that surround us. There's different cultures in our teams, in our homes. And we want to just go ahead and clarify what some of those cultures are that we carry here at Central Youth. And I first want to start by saying that the, the three things that we're going to talk about aren't things that that like, Box us in. These aren't the only things that we find ourselves uh, confirming our foundation or any of those things. They're just three things that I felt that were super highlighted when going to prayer and asking God, like, "What would you say about this group? What are three things that we have to carry in order to create sustainable uh, love and joy and finding and following Jesus?" And so we're going to talk about the first one today. And over the next couple weeks, dive into the other two. So the cultures that we're talking about are affirmation, family, and active love. But we're going to dive into affirmation today. The first thing I wanted to mention was that that we have become a different kind of generation, right? You guys could think about people at your school, people uh, that you talk online with video games, whatever it is that you do in your life. We've become a generation that is quick to critique everybody else. We're the know-it-alls. We get it. We understand all the things that are going on, and we're the first one to say, hey, you're doing it wrong. You know, we, we then input a culture of discouragement and say, oh, it can't be done. You'll never be able to do that. Your family never was able to do that, so you definitely cannot do that. We start feeling shame. We start feeling all these kinds of things because of a lack of affirmation. We see it on Instagram, right? People are going, they're vlogging, they're just living their life. Hey guys, my name is Michael. I want to introduce you to my vlog. And then the first thing that people do in the comment sections are saying, dude, you don't ever talk like that. Bro, why are you wearing the same thing every day? All you do is wear black. All you do is, uh, is wear a hat. You ha- do you even have hair? We become the critiquers of everyone's lives and we don't even look at our own, you know? Or maybe you're in a sports team. Someone has an off game, and you, you start saying, hey, man, why are they even on the team? They don't know how to pass. They don't know how to shoot. I can do it way better. And we become the people who, who start building up a fence. And, and I don't know about you. I, I come from a Hispanic background. And one of the ways that we show love is by um, just roasting each other. How many of you guys have friends that you roast? Man, the back of your neck. Look like coffee grounds, or, or whoa, man! You ever hear of lotion? Those kinds of things. You know, we see we be like, man, your elbows look like Pompeii. Okay, we start just roasting our friends, and what this does is it builds us down. Whether you believe it or not, you desire to be affirmed, and essentially affirming something or or affirmation in itself is what we're talking about. Is a culture that we are going to carry as a family. And affirmation is simply defined like this, to declare something into existence. And in simplicity, all that means is that even if you don't believe it, you are going to build someone up as if it was the truth, as if you had faith for it, as if it was the only thing that you were holding on to. Now, I know some of you guys have been told lies. And I know that because it happens every day, right? We're told you're not worthy. Maybe we come from families where, where our parents never told us that they loved us or any of those kinds of things that we need to, to have faith for more, to be able to experience love, to experience joy. Those words really do push us into who we intend to be. And so when, when there's encouragement and affirmation, it's speaking into existence what God created us to be. And I... I just know this to be true, is that God's never going to call you a loser. He's never going to tell you that you'll never be able to do this, that, 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 or that. Man, he is the biggest faith character. He's, he's the, the creator of faith, right? So he believes in you. He's fighting for you. He wants to see your dreams, your desires come true. And so we fight for one another as a family. And so I don't know about you. I know I've heard you guys say you want to become doctors veterinarians, athletes, and all those things I believe in, and, and, and they, cre- they are awesome. It'd be cool to say that I know the next uh, Wayne Gretzky, or the next Tom Brady, or the next Michael Jordan, or, or, or that I know someone who's saving people's families as a doctor. That would be a cool experience, but here's the thing, if you don't take Jesus into those areas, it really produce no value. And so what we as a family are doing is saying, hey, we are empowering your dreams, yes, but we're encouraging and affirming you to walk in love and boldness with Jesus, so that way those things can, can, can really receive the fullness that God created you to be. Now, Jesus does this better than anyone. There's this story in Scripture, and it's kind of a, a, a weird one, I think, to, to use as this reference, but it's one that makes sense to me the most. So in John 8, it says this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple, and all all the people came to him. And he sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And placing her in his midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that he might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground as they continued to ask him he stood up and said to them let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her and at once more he bent down he wrote on the ground and when they heard it they went away one by one beginning with the older ones and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him Jesus stood up and said to her woman where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. From now on, sin no more. So go and sin no more. I love this reality of Jesus. So there's a lot of theological debates and a lot of things that people talk about what Jesus is doing when he's riding in the sand. Now, I don't know this to be true. And I've talked about this before. You guys have heard me go into this. But I can't help but think of the greatest act of affirmation is right here. I think of uh, possibly what if Jesus was in that moment, going back to creation, where he was on the ground in the dust, forming man and woman, and one of the greatest acts of intimacy ever, and thinking about this woman that he created, thinking I made her to change the world, I made her to do good things, I made her to be a voice to a generation. I made her so that she would be used to change the world. Now, I don't know specifically the characteristics that God created her to be or or what he created her to do. But I can't help but think that maybe in this moment, Jesus was reminded of who she was created to be. And that he looked at her and he didn't say, "I, I condemn you. He didn't say that. He said. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. He looked at her for her value, for her worth, for how he designed her. And I believe that he does that same thing for us. I believe that we, um, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? We all fall short. Which means we've made mistakes, we've done wrong. But regardless of what we've done, when we receive him and we choose to follow him, he honors us, he blesses us, he receives us, he gives us love, and he he gives us mercy, peace, grace, joy, all the things. And we must be a youth family who strives for that. Not strives in the act of works, but strives to say, man, the person next to me, to the left, to the right, in front, behind me, all of those things, I will fight for them. Because what happens in this room, We'll, we'll, we'll start to see a byproduct of God's love flowing on our campuses, in our homes, in our daily life, and all the things that we do because we represent a culture of affirmation that says, Jonathan, I don't know what's going on, but I believe in you. I don't know, I don't know how quickly your dreams will come, but man, let's get you there. They speak life. They speak into how God designed us to be. You know, I'm sure people were saying a lot of things about this woman. She had just been caught in the act of adultery. A liar, a cheater. She she is disgusting, whatever it might be. Now, while those things may have been true, that she was in a position that she should not be, God didn't look at her and say, You are condemned. Jesus chose to love instead of judge. You see, affirmation speaks to the potential of a person not to the state of their being. It looks and says, man, you're almost there. You're getting there. You got it. Go, keep going. Run, run, run. Chase after the prize. Go after Jesus. It commands every lie ever spoken about about someone and it produces light. It speaks into who God intended us to be. There's a reason like discouraging thoughts or shame or, or any of the things that we spoke of before like critique and and, 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 and just going on Instagram and, and hearing all the bad things, those things don't make us feel good. They really don't. There's something about those things that bring us down, and we start going down. Our shoulders start getting a little firm. We, we start becoming a little more tense. And then because of that, the, everything that we do throughout the day, it, it makes us bitter, and, and, and we carry what is the exact opposite of affirmation, and it's a lifestyle of offense. You see, we all have become offense masters. We all become the bitter person. And uh, I like to share this story because it's a story that one of my leaders shared once. He had a dream that his wife was on a game show. And in this game show, it was called the offense game or something like that. And she, basically, what would happen is you would stand in front of these judges. And the judges would say a bunch of hurtful things about you. They knew everything about you. And they would say all these hurtful things. And the person who would respond and lash out, and be like, hey, stop it. You suck. Whatever is the person who lost the game. And his wife went up, and it was her turn. And they started saying all these things. And, and she just stood there and pretty much just laughed. And she won the game. And I wonder, I know it's, it's difficult to be in that situation and forgive people. But what I love about Jesus is that he is the ultimate picture perfect example of not holding offense. Can you imagine a whole nation coming after you? Can you imagine people spitting at you, whipping you, doing all these things, and you sitting there and taking it? Man, his lifestyle was the exact replication of how we ought to live. Now, we have to carry affirmation in our daily lives. Because what it does is it allows us to be fully who we were intended to be. And you don't have to fully know someone to affirm them. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to walk around and be like, hey, I affirm you. That would be weird. Okay, no, no one wants you to be the weird guy who over compliments, you know, like, I like your smile, I like your jacket, I like your hat, I like your shoes. And then that person just feels awkward. No, he, he, a, a person who brings affirmation and encouragement is there when someone needs it the most. I had a conversation with a friend once and they didn't want to invite me into some of the areas of their life that, that may have been a little bit more weighty. But here's the thing is that we don't live a lifestyle where we just celebrate good things that happen. I don't want to just be there to celebrate your birthday and thank God for, that you were born. I don't want to be there to celebrate just your um, promotion in your job or, or promotion to becoming the captain of your team or, or to getting A's and all those things. I want to, you to inconvenience my life in a way that in the middle of the night, if you need something, man, I, I want to be someone who can encourage you. If you're feeling a little stressed, if you're feeling a little anxious or depressed, man, that you would know that there's people here at your church who, who are fighting for you, and praying for you, and thinking about you daily. One of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is he would write letters to people, and, and he would say, man, when I think about you, and, and often he thought about them daily, he's like, I thank God for you. And he, he would move from that heart posture and pray for those people. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you have to pray for each of us by name. It would be cool if you did every single day. But what I'm saying is you can generalize your prayer. I know that John Luke and, and both Jeremiah and them and, and all the other leaders here, I and mean, we think about you guys and we pray for you guys. And, I, and honestly, sometimes when I pray for you guys, I just say, God, thank you for Central Youth. It covers all the ground. I thank you for every single one of them, how you've influenced them. God, we speak life. See, affirmation always speaks life. And life is alive. It allows us to become all that we've intended to be. You see, what I think of this reality of like, man, we have an opportunity to choose to fight for each other. And I don't want you to, 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 to go through this life alone. Because there's one or two options, right? You can, you can become the offense master. You can go to your room every day and be like, man, this person said this. That person looked at me weird. This person said this about me. And you can sit there and just, just, just become depressed and, and become all those things. Or you can walk in a way where you say, man, like Jesus looked at them and said, God, forgive them for they know not what they've done. And you can walk in that reality, right? Because true life is given through Jesus. One of the ways you can tell that affirmation is from God is that it's always encouraging, edifying, and uplifting. On the alternative, you can know that it's not from God because it's from the devil. There's a verse in Scripture that says in John 8, 44, uh, You belong to the father, your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is the liar and the father of lies. So you know it's not from God when it is a lie. And lies are things that kill us, things that, that bring us down, things that we weren't designed for, things that weren't meant to bring life. And the devil really wants to tear us down. And so he's going to say things to people, and he's going to try to have them respond and lash out. And we know that he is a liar and the father of lies. And so that always means discouraging. That's when we get that feeling of unworthiness or or we will never amount to something. But Jesus, on the other hand, he is not like that, right? He is a man who produces life and life to the fullness. And I believe that like if we just hold on to the truth, there's so many truths that we can go after. We are a child, a child of God, inheritance of the kingdom. You know, we are chosen, rightfully so. There's all these, these different Christian birthrights that we have. Holding on to those encouragements edify our souls. And so when we develop those and we affirm one another, people desire to be around each other. You don't desire to be around someone who's always negative, always uh, just cutting people down. because. They just are joy killers, right? And so let's be a, a community who, who, who fights for each other, who encourages each other. A community that says, hey, you may not feel this way right now. And you might be going through a lot of things, but man, I see God in you. I know God wants to use you. You carry a heart of faith, you carry a heart of joy, you carry a heart. Of peace. And you were made to do great things. You were destined to change the world. You were, you were destined to go into the sports world. And flip it upside down for Jesus. And God wants you to become the veterinarian. To change the world. To have people influenced in the kingdom. And so we will be people who fight for one another in that manner. People who declare things into existence. And remember, it's only encouraging. Now, I know we joke around during game time, and and we say we got one rule here, and it's don't suck, right? Well, it's a funny rule for a game, and and the reality is is, is it's game time. It's not that serious. It's not what gets you into heaven. Because you won the team relay that doesn't ensure a ticket into the kingdom. Now, there's things that, that do, and I believe the Bible is very clear about those things, and I believe affirmation is one of those things, people who speak life. Now, there's verse and verse after uh, taming your tongue, doing all these things, right? We can study it to its depths, and we'll become more and more convicted. But the reality is, is one day we will meet Jesus, and he's going to say one or two things to us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or "Leave me now, I never knew." You. And I have to believe that if he says, "Leave me now, I never knew you." It was uh, partly because we never walked in such a way that built each other up. Because I think regardless of, of what happened in Jesus' life, man, He blessed people. He's going to the cross, right? He's arrested. There's this moment in Scripture where he's, he's about to go to die on a cross and and what happens is as one of his disciples chops off the guy's ear as as he's coming towards him and Jesus looks at the man and and he heals the man instantly. These guys are coming to, to take him away. He's wrongly accused and in the midst of it, he builds someone back up. Or he's nailed on a cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's there, his last breaths, forgiving people of any offense, of any ways that they could have brought him down. And he looks at them and he says, oh, man, Jesus, you love them. God, you love them. And in the midst of that, he's, he's forgiving, he's extending grace. And I look at all of us, and I know we joke around. And I'm not saying let's become these serious people who, who look at each other and never joke around about nothing. What, what I'm saying is we got to examine how we look at one another. we got, we got to encourage and build each other up in our walk. We're all, we're all learning about God, chasing after Jesus, doing the same thing. Some of us don't know if we, still, if we even believe it. Some of us are just checking it out. Some of us are confident in who he is, but we're all learning about his goodness and his kindness. And you can go through the whole Bible and you will see that Jesus is always encouraging, uplifting, edifying his people. And he's still doing it right now. And the Bible is the biggest source of edification and encouragement that we have. How many of you guys have ever asked for an encouraging word when you're going through a hard time? It's because truth, it outweighs anything that can hurt us. It gives us faith. It gives us hope gives us something to hold on to. And so my prayer is that we would understand that. Again, this is not the only thing that we carry. But an affirmation, a culture of affirmation, is one thing that we will certainly, certainly go after as a family. Let's pray. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. To get more information about Central Youth, head over to centralsj.org, click the connect button and check out the youth page.